first regular meeting of the Medford City Council in 2020 will now come to order. Madam Clerk, please call the roll. Councillor Beers. Here. Councillor Caviello. Present. Councillor Falco. Present. Councillor Knight. Present. Councillor Marks. Present. Councillor Morell. Present. Councillor Scarpelli. Present. Please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. Thank you. We have, uh, we have three immediate goals for this evening. Uh, goal number one is to elect the council president for the year. Goal number two is to elect the council vice president for the year. Goal number three is to get the gavel out of my hands as quickly as possible. So let's proceed. <laughs> All right, uh, item number one on the agenda, 20-001, election of a council president for 2020. May I please have nominations for council president? Mr. Clerk. Council Knight has nominated Councilor Falco. Councilor Bears has seconded. Are there any further nominations for council president? Uh, Council Knight and Council Bears have, have moved to close nominations. Okay. For the Office of President of the Medford City Council for 2020, Madam Assistant Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Caviello. John Falco. Councilor Falco. Present. Councilor Knight. John C. Falco, Jr. Councilor Marx. John Falco. Councilor Morell. John Falco. Councilor Scapelli. John Falco. By a vote of uh, six in favor and one abstaining, Councilor Falco is Council President for 2020. Please step forward so I can administer the oath. Please raise your right hand and proceed after me. I, John C. Falco Jr., do solemnly affirm. I do, John C. Falco Jr., solemnly affirm. That I will faithfully and impartially. That I will faithfully and impartially. Discharge and perform. Discharge and perform. All the duties. All the duties. Incumbent upon me. Incumbent upon me. As Medford City Council President. As Medford City Council President. According to the best of my ability. According to the best of my ability. And understanding. And understanding. Agreeable to the rules and regulations of the Constitution. Agreeable to the rules and regula regulations of the Constitution. The laws of this Commonwealth. The laws of this Commonwealth. And the ordinances of the City of Medford. And the ordinances of the City of Medford. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. I uh, really appreciate that. Thank you. I want to thank my colleagues uh, for their support uh, once again. Um, I, I appreciate the support. I look forward to working with everyone uh, in the coming year. Look forward to working with the administration and doing everything we can together to move Method forward. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you.
Moving right along. Item 20-002, election of a council vice president for 2020. Councilor Scarpelli. I nominate Richard Caraviello for Vice President. Councilor Knight seconds. Are there any further nominations? Is there a motion to close nominations? Motion Councilor Marks moved to close. Councilor Scarpelli second. Okay. For the role of Council Vice President for 2020, Madam Assistant Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Councilor Carviello? Present. Councilor Falco? Richard Carviello? President Falco. Councilor Knight? Richard Carviello. Councilor Moss? Richard Carviello. Councilor Morell? Richard Carviello. Councilor Scarpelli? Richard Carviello. It's six votes in favor and one abstention. Richard Carviello is Council Vice President for 2020. Congratulations. Faithfully and impartially. That I will faithfully and impartially. Discharge and perform. Discharge and perform. All the duties. All the duties. Incumbent upon me. Incumbent upon me. As Medford City Council Vice President. As Medford City Council Vice President. According to the best of my ability. According to the best of my ability. And understanding. And understanding. Agreeable to the rules and regulations of the Constitution. Agreeable to the rules and regulations of the Constitution. The laws of this Commonwealth. The laws of this Commonwealth. And the ordinances of the City of Medford. And the ordinances of the City of Medford. Mr. Vice President, Thank congratulations. You. Thank you. I want to thank all my colleagues for their support uh, uh, in electing me the president, uh, vice president, and um, I look forward to a, a, a good year uh, working with everybody here uh, and uh, in the new administration, so we could uh, make Method the best we can possibly be. Thank you. It's the appointment of the city master. Yeah. I'm sorry, is it? 
hope it's not the clerk. <laughs> Me too. Motions, orders, and resolutions. 20-003, appointment of the city messenger. Councilor Carviel. I nominate uh, Lawrence Lapori. Councilor Carviel nominates Lawrence Lapori, seconded by Councilor Knight. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The motion passes. You can take a break. You can take a voice. You can take a roll call. Swearman up here. Yes. Congratulations, my friend. Lawrence Lepore do solemnly affirm. I, Lawrence Lepore do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully and impartially. That I will faithfully and impartially. Discharge and perform. Discharge and perform. All the duties. All the duties. Incumbent upon me. Incumbent upon me. As Medford City Messenger. As Medford City Messenger. According to the best of my ability. According to the best of my ability. And understanding. And understanding. Agreeable to the rules and regulations of the Constitution. Agreeable to the rules and regulations of the Constitution. The laws of this Commonwealth. The laws of this Commonwealth. And the ordinances of the City of Medford. And the ordinances of the City of Medford. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I have you something for you to sign. Speech. Speech. Two zero 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 four offered by Councillor Caviello. Be it resolved that the standing committee rules be adopted as the standing rules of the City Council insofar as they are applicable. Councillor Caviello. Keeping care that we do at the beginning of the year, but uh, motion that we adopt all the standing rules of uh, the City Council uh, going forward. Thank you, Councillor Caviello. On that motion, seconded by Councilor Scarpelli, all those in favor? All those opposed? The motion passes. 20-005, offered by Councilor Carviello. Be it resolved that the City Council transfer all papers in committees or on the table from the 2019 Council to the 2020 Council. On the motion of Councilor Carviello, on the, on the motion of Councilor Knight, seconded by Councilor Scarpelli, all those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The motion passes. 20-006, offered by Councilor Knight, be it resolved that the Medford City Council request the City Solicitor to provide the framework of a draft ordinance enabling the establishment of a City Beautification and Improvements Advisory Commission for Council debate and discussion. Councilor Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. Um, this is a measure that I've been uh, thinking about for quite some time. Uh, just recently, uh, we saw the change of the name of Dudley Square in Boston, and um, that was something that was kicked off by the city's improvement committee. And um, after looking into the city's improvement committee and the duties and functions that they have, 
um, and looking at the city of Medford and the roles and responsibilities that our various department ha departments have, I thought that it might be a good idea for us to start a discussion about creating a city beautification and improvement advisory commission um, that could provide us with ideas and our revenue requests uh, to figure out ways that we can uh, better our curb appeal for those that are coming to the community and uh, better deliver city services here in the community. Um, so with that being said, Mr. President, I ask my council colleagues to support the measure to send this to the city solicitor for a draft framework for future debate. Thank you, Council Knight. Councilor Carviello. Thank you, Mr. President. I, I thank Council Knight for bringing this forward. Um, in my last few years on the Council, um, uh, one, of, one of my PUs in the city was our, um, the curb appeal of, of how we look to other people. And um, I hope this will be uh, something that will take up uh, all the, uh, the, as we would say, the low-hanging fruit uh, that, that, is, that is visible to people in the city. And uh, hopefully we can have a, be a more beautiful city. Thank you, Councilor Carviello. On the motion of Councilor Knight. Second. Seconded by Councilor Carviello. All those in favor? All those opposed? The motion passes. 20-007, offered by Councilor Knight. Be it resolved that the Memphis City Council requests that representatives from the Eversource Pipeline Project appear before the City Council on a no less than quarterly basis to provide updates and address community concerns surrounding the project. And be it further resolved that the Council requests the first of these meetings occur no later than the first week of February. Councilor Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. Uh, this is something that's rather self-explanatory. Councilor Mark should actually be included as a co-sponsor on this. Uh, this is a measure that uh, we discussed in previous session. Uh, it's something that's very important to this community, and it's something that I think we should keep on the forefront going forward. Uh, we have about 3.5-mile-long gas pipeline that's going to be stretching down Mystic Ave, down South Street, underneath the Mystic River, through our community garden, up Winthrop Street, down past Medford High School, all the way to the Winchester border, and then continue on into Woburn. Uh, it's going to be a very large construction project. It's going to cause a number of disruptions to traffic, to traffic flow, to quality of life for residents in the neighborhood. And I think it's very important, Mr. President, that uh, we keep people informed. Uh, we did something very similar um, with the Morris Memorial Hospital. Uh, there was a lot of concern about the future of the Lawrence Memorial Hospital and through the good work of um, our friends from the Lawrence Memorial Hospital that are here this evening actually to uh, witness our first meeting with our two new councillors, um, we were able to garner some community support for the project, address a number of concerns that came up and um, come up with a project that actually worked for everybody. Um, so with that being said, I'm hoping that we can uh, do the same uh, for this Eversource Pipeline project and create an um, open and transparent line of communication between us and the project managers and project development team so that we can address some of these quality of life issues that are going to be inevitable with the project of this size. Thank you, Council Knight. And for the first time, I'd like to recognize one of our newest councillors, Councillor Bears. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, I just want to commend my colleagues for bringing this forward. It's essential for public safety, seeing what happened in North Andover, Andover, and Lawrence, that they get this right. And even more importantly, I'd like to see climate crisis mitigation, make sure that this pipeline isn't leaking gas. Um, it's the last thing Medford needs to be doing, is adding more natural gas to the atmosphere. Thanks. Thank you, Councilor Beers. On the motion of Council Knight, seconded by Councilor Beers. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The motion passes. 20-008, offered by Council tonight. Be it resolved that the Medford City Council request that the city traffic engineer take the necessary steps to address the signal timing issues on Harvard Street between Main Street and Mystic Avenue that are causing traffic flow and congestion problems. Council tonight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. Um, maybe in a little before August, um, at the end of Harvard Street at Mystic Avenue, the left-hand lane was turned into a left-turn-only lane. 
And um, since that time, there's been some changes to the signalization of the lights further down Route 16, but those changes haven't made their way all the way up Harvard Street. So what happens, Mr. President, is if you were coming from, oh, say, St. Clement's Church after your kid's basketball game last Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, and um, you drove down Harvard Street, and you passed the intersection of Main Street, and then you'd get right past Main Street and be stuck in traffic. And then the light on Main, and Harvard and Willis would change green, but the light on Mystic Ave wouldn't. So the traffic wouldn't go anywhere. The light would turn red, then the light would turn green between Willis and Harvard, and I mean Willis and Mystic, and the cars would proceed. So I think it's really just uh, an engineering issue, a signal timing issue that needs to be addressed. Ultimately, I'd, li I'd like to see that left-hand lane go back to the way that it was originally, where it was a straight or left. Um, but it's my understanding that the state DOT put those restrictions in as a result of some of the construction traffic mitigation that was surrounding the casino project. Um, but based upon the numbers that we've seen at the casino and the underperformance that uh, we've seen at these casinos based upon uh, their estimates versus their actual returns, I think that it might be something that we can look at in changing that back, Mr. President. Uh, I don't think any of us have really felt a big impact of traffic since the casinos opened here in the city of Medford. Um, and I think that uh, some of these issues that are, you know, affecting our neighborhood's traffic flow and congestion can really be addressed um, through an engineering study and the timing of lights. Um, I know we spoke about South Street and Main Street and the smart lights that we might be able to put there and the uh, large cost that comes along with those uh, to, to create um, a situation where we have smart lights that go through our squares. Um, I think the price tag was somewhere around $5 million. Um, but I think an engineering study, or at least uh, the very least the city engineer taking a look at this, doing a traffic count and coming up with a, a long-term solution for the residents in the neighborhood would be beneficial. So I ask my council colleagues to support the resolution. Thank you, Council Knight. On the motion of Council Knight. Second nope. by Council Caviello, Council Marks. Uh, I want to thank my council colleague for bringing this up. Uh, in addition, as he just alluded to, South and Main Street, uh, that intersection has been in discussion with this council for as long as I've been on the council. And I believe we're at a bypass at this particular point because the state is saying that in order to do the signalization, you'll need to start from South Street and work your way all the way back. And it's going to cost them millions of dollars to do this. Uh, just, I believe it was three or four days ago, there was a major major um, accident at that very intersection in the city. And that happens almost daily from what I hear from residents. And I would ask again, as you know, we asked our state delegation to meet with DOT and so forth. I know Councilor Scott Pell has been very active uh, in this issue, but uh, to be quite frank, there's been a very little movement and even some of the issues that we spoke about, about adding uh, possibly a raised crosswalk, adding some additional signage, uh, things that don't really take into consideration this signalization that they're talking about um, and would provide some increased uh, safety in the area. Uh, we're looking at putting a brand new police station across the street, and it's one of the most dangerous areas in the city. I mean, and there's nothing being done to the surrounding infrastructure. We're spending millions of dollars on a new building, a new facility, but I wouldn't tell any residents to walk there because I don't trust crossing either, either way. And, and this is a major concern. Um, so I would ask that as part of uh, this recommendation that we also get an update from our state delegation and the Department of Transportation where we stand with the signalization on uh, South and Main, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Councilor Scarpelli. I appreciate Councilor Marks bringing that up. I had uh, a lengthy discussion with uh, uh, Representative Donato uh, 
right after our uh, inauguration, and um, it's been very frustrating. He has been working very hard to try to set up a meeting, not only for the <coughs> South and Maine, but also for the residents that are looking for the sound barrier over on, um, on uh, in, in North Medford. So um, the frustrating piece that he re relayed to me was that the uh, conversations will start back up and we would call for a meeting first thing after the holiday because of uh, scheduling concerns with the people from DOT. So this has been very frustrating. This is something that um, we talked about as part of our discussion that I, was, I would put forth the resolution next week. I'm glad you did it this week. We could just add it through. I was, I was giving the um, representative his due diligence. He was meeting with them this week and then hopefully calling for a meeting on next week. So uh, it, uh, the sooner the better. So I appreciate bringing that forward. And it is something that's, it's, it's, we keep saying until someone dies at that intersection is when you're gonna see something happen. But um, if I could just follow that up with a, with a B paper, if I can, and jump ahead and ask our uh, new mayor and our uh, police chief, I think a lot of the low-hanging fruit um, can be uh, uh, accompanied here and followed up here with our traffic department. So uh, race sidewalk, uh, illuminated stop signs, uh, painting on, on, on uh, some of those streets, we can have uh, our department do that right away. I think that we're waiting for the state. Obviously, that's, that they've dragged their feet. I believe that we're also looking for the stop sign further up South Street. Um, I believe at Toro, and that hasn't been done yet either. So um, we, if we can just follow that up with a letter to the, to the mayor, administration, and the chief of police, that we look into that, and hopefully they can report back to us with some, some of those traffic calming measures. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Scarpelli. If the first time I'd like to recognize one of our other newest councilors, Councilor Morell. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, to really kind of echo what Councilor Marks was saying, when we look at these signaling issues, making sure we're thinking beyond the cars, um, there are people on foot, they're on bikes, and as traffic builds up, people tend to make hasty decisions that make it even more tricky for people to get through crosswalks, to get through on bikes, so just ensure that we're looking at really a holistic um, approach to safety in these intersections. Thank you. Council Marks. Uh, thank, thank. Just to follow up, Mr. President, and I've been saying this for years, and uh, I know some people don't like when I say it, but I'm going to continue to say it. We have a number of state roads in this community, and when we reach out as a, uh, a council or the mayor reaches out, we expect to at least get a response in a timely manner, and that's not happening. South Street's a perfect example. We've been waiting 10 years, probably even over 10 years, to get some type of relief there, and it's yet to come. In my opinion, if we as a community deem this as a public safety hazard, which we know we've received reports from the chief of the hundreds of accidents at that particular intersection, we should be able to intervene as a city and say enough's enough. I don't care if it's a state road, a federal road, or a road from whoever. We're going to take care of it on behalf of our residents and our community. And it's not just that area, Mr. President. It's Elm Street. It's Middlesex Ave. It's sidewalks that the state refuses to come in and fix. That's a trip and fall hazard. It's trees that they refuse to trim on their property that happen to be in front of people's homes that pay taxes in this community. 
So if I live on one of these streets that are a state road, I'm paying taxes to the city. It's very difficult to tell a resident, well, sorry, we as a city can't do anything, even though you're paying taxes to us. We have to wait for the state to step in. I think it's about time that we step in, Mr. President, and start making some of these changes and let the cards fall where they may be. Let the state get upset about it. Maybe that'll create a new story, Mr. President, like you see happening now in the news, where some cities and towns are not unable to fix these giant potholes and so forth, and some of these state roads, and the inaction. And that's a major concern, Mr. President. I'm tired of wasting time, to be quite frank, talking about the same issue year after year after year. And Salton, Maine is a major, major concern. And this will be the year that we act, one way or another. We have to do something, Mr. President. We just can't keep on talking about it. Like I said, there was a major accident. And I believe there has been a fatality over there in the last several years as well, a pedestrian fatality. So this is well documented. So I just want to put that in again, Mr. President. These are our roads and streets. They may be state under state jurisdiction, but they're our roads and our streets. Our residents are crossing them. Our residents are driving on them, and we have to maintain safety. And if the state's not willing to do anything, then we have to step up as a community. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Councilor Beers. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, I just want to say two things. One, um, I think South and Maine, we need to address it. I also think Councilor Knight's original motion, uh, we need to address that. I've been uh, also stuck in that traffic. Um, but I am also a resident of a state road. I live on Fellsway West. I live on a DCR road, uh, not a MassDOT road. Um, and I think something we as a council need to think about and talk to our state delegation about is that DCR is deeply underfunded. Um, they're not getting the money they need. They're patching things together. I don't know if anyone's driven up by Spot Pond, but they've been fixing the uh, the road around Spot Pond for like two years, um, and I'm assuming it's because they don't have enough money to hire construction crews. Um, so that's something I think the council should explore, look at as well uh, as just speaking with our state delegation about how we can make sure that our state agencies have the funding they need to uh, actually provide the services that we deserve. Thank you, Councilor Beers. Mr. Castagnetti. Ooh, one minute, please. Uh, Andrew Castagnetti, Medford, Massachusetts. Congratulations to all politicians, um, and uh, I wish you great success and good health. Thank you. Um, on this subject of South and Main Street, when I, had, when I first received my license a while back, many decades, it's been a problem since then. I'm glad the council is still uh, trying to find a solution to this problem. Um, I believe a few years back, I brought up the Chief Sacco at the crime watch meetings, that, um, and also to Chief Buckley, that can't we just erect a $100 sign that you probably have at the DPW yard, one on each side as you come in off of South onto Main and, and, and have it be right turn only, not go across towards Route 93, not go into the middle of Main Street to take a left into Method Square. And I believe, Chief Buckley says, Andrew, it's going to happen a few months ago. And for some reason, I guess it did not go forward. So I guess there's no perfect solutions in this world. However, is it possible to put the $100 sign up times two and have an officer at that corner during rush hour times, especially? 
And at least for a three-month or six-month trial basis, what have we got to lose? We probably have a lot to save. Just an idea that I'm rehashing. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Mr. Cassignetti. Okay, we'll take the B paper first offered by Councillor Scarpelli uh, to receive updates from the traffic uh, engineer with regard to the safety improvements that were recommended previously. On that motion, seconded by Councillor Carviello. All those in favor? All those opposed? The motion passes. On the main resolution offered by Councillor Knight, seconded by Councillor Carviello, is amended by Councillor Marks. Did you have an amendment? Or I know Councillor Scarpelli, I think, um, Councillor Scarpelli gave an update, so I wasn't sure if, uh, do you want me to leave that as amended or? Okay. Okay. Okay, so on the motion of Councilor Knight, seconded by Councilor Caviello, as amended by Councilor Marx. All those in favor? All those opposed? The motion passes. On the motion of Councilor Caviello, seconded by Councilor Morell, to suspend the rules to take a paper uh, out of order. All those in favor? All those opposed? The motion passes. Communications from the mayor. 20-013, December 31st, 2019, to the Honorable President and members of the Medford City Council, City Hall, Medford, Massachusetts, 02155. Dear Mr. President and City Councilors, I respectfully request and recommend that your honorable body approve the following home rule petition to be sent to the General Court regarding certain funds and expenditures by the City of Medford received through its surrounding community agreement. Home rule petition, an act of authorizing the City of Medford to utilize funds received from the surrounding community agreement entered into between the City of Medford and WinMass LLC for the, purpose, uh, for the purposes set forth in the agreement. Be it hereby resolved that the legis legislature of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts enact this home rule petition to allow the City of Medford to utilize funds received from the surrounding community agreement executed on April 11th, 2014, between the City of Medford and Wynn Mass LLC, uh, or its surrounding, I'm sorry, or its successors or assigns for the purposes that are set forth in said agreement or as amended. To accomplish these purposes, the City of Medford is authorized with, without the necessity of any further approval to create a special revenue fund. The legislature may uh, reasonably vary the form and substance of the requested legislation within the scope of the general objectives of this petition, be it enacted by the Senate and House of Representatives in general court assembled in by the authority of the same as follows. Section 1, notwithstanding any provision of the Massachusetts general laws or the provisions of any general law, special law, or regulation to the contrary, the City of Method through the Mayor of the City of Method, I'm sorry, through the, um, through the mayor of the city of Medford may without further appropriation utilize and expend all funds received by way of the surrounding community agreement <coughs> executed on April 11, 2014 between the city of Medford and Wynn Mass LLC or its successes or assigns for the purposes that are set forth in the said agreement or as amended. Section two, this act shall take effect upon its passage and shall be effective during the present fiscal year respectfully submitted, Mayor Stephanie M. Burke. 
And we have a representative from the uh, administration here tonight. Uh, please, if you could please have your name and address for the record. Alicia Nunley Benjamin, Finance Director for the City of Medford. <laughs> Uh, good evening, honorable city councilors. Um, this home rule petition will actually create a special revenue fund for the agreement. So the agreement actually it specifies how the money already is supposed to be by purpose. Um, the, the Department of Revenue never created a fund for it. It just left it as general fund revenue. And as you know, any unused general fund revenue falls into free cash undesignated fund balance, which would be against the way the agreement is written. Those funds should be rolled over for those purposes. And that's why we're asking for a home petition. Thank you. Councilor Beers. Hi, hi, Director. Thank you for uh, being here. Um, just a quick question. It says, uh, without further appropriation, is that further appropriation by the general court or by this council? Uh, by the city council. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Beers. Councilor Knight. Uh, Mr. Thank you very much. So. With the adoption of this homework petition, what we're saying is that this agreement that we've negotiated on April 11, 2014, the funds would not have to come before the council for appropriation when they're being spent. Correct. And it also says that any other successor agreement after this April 2014 agreement that are negotiated between Wynn and the administration. If there's any would. successors, correct. Thank you very much. Thank you, Council Knight. Well, actually, one more question. Is there a reason why um, we want to do it that way as opposed to the agreement at the time, why we want to give a blanket authority from now until the end of time? The way the state had set it up was each community that was impacted through the law had to have these agreements set up, and they're just trying to make it so it, if they have to renegotiate with whoever, it, it, they don't have to go back to council again. Let's say when sold it to a different casino owner, why come back just because it's a different casino owner? I think that's the meaning behind it. Or if a second successor agreement is entered into in the future to address community mitigation impacts, the benefits that are negotiated in that agreement would not be subject to appropriation by the council? Right, it would be with the mayor. That's how it was set up from before. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Council Knight. Councilor Marks. Uh, so, Mr. President, when this agreement was uh, signed in 2014, uh, it's my understanding that uh, money was earmarked by the mayor at the time uh, for different uh, needs in the community, one being public safety, one being uh, road improvements, and I believe there was something in there for arts and so forth, but it spelled out the uh, particular needs in the community and what this money would go towards. And I'm not sure if every member of the council uh, is aware of uh, this particular document, but I think it would be helpful to provide the council with the document itself uh, and to make sure that uh, the money, when it's being appropriated, especially if it's not going to require a council uh, approval, that uh, we, we know what it's being earmarked to. Uh, I can tell you firsthand that road improvements and public safety should be a top priority um, uh, regarding uh, this particular money. And I would just ask, uh, is that still the case that the money was earmarked to particular needs in the community? Correct, yes. Did you, it, have, did you have that in front of you? Yes, and it's also uh, a public document that's online. You could Google it. And, and, I, and I agree, but it may, it may be easier just maybe if we can. Could I give a copy to Larry, at least for the, I brought with, in case anybody wanted to see some of the earmarks? Uh, well, if you can read off, 
Do you have another copy to read off what? Yeah, if, if you could just read off the needs, because there's some new members of the council, and I've been receiving a number of questions from different organizations in the community that said, geez, we thought that, that some of that money is supposed to be earmarked to arts or other needs in the community, mm -hmm. and uh, I want to be able to get back to these groups. Yep, there's 125,000 community fund payment. Thank you. There's 325,000 transportation hub payment, 100,000 business aesthetics, 250,000 public safety, 100,000 for cultural fund, 100,000 for water transportation. And we haven't, we haven't received any of this money as of yet because it was based on the opening, correct? Uh, it, it opened in the summer, so yes, we have received the money. Okay, and have we expended any money? Uh, they just made awards for the community fund. We have not made an, ex we haven't expended anything, but the awards have been made. So the payments haven't been made yet, but okay. they're going to be. Okay. And, and can we get a, uh, how will we know uh, about a complete accounting for this uh, every fiscal year? That's why I want to have a special revenue fund that tracks it by category. So I would have a revolving fund set up by category with a budget for each amount that I expect to come in per year for me to track it. So, so will this now be included in the budget process? It would be in a, with this home rule petition, it would be in a special revenue fund. So that Re I could Revenue it. fund, but will, will that not, also be part of the budgeting process? Not, not a part of the budgeting process. Uh, can we make it part of the budgeting process? So at least every year we're looking at it? And well, because it's, e it's earmarked by a specific purpose, so we have to follow the purpose. Right, I, I just want to make sure that that's being followed, especially it, where this is new. It would be followed, uh, it has to be followed by agreement. Okay, I, I put on the agenda, uh, it has to be over a year ago, uh, money that was earmarked to the city, uh, that was supposed to go to the neighborhoods from Tufts University. Uh, they bought uh, some air rights over the train tracks, and uh, at the time, uh, the state didn't want to negotiate. They said, you can negotiate on our behalf uh, regarding what you'd like to do with the money. And I've yet to get an accounting regarding, I think it's, it was 425000 or $500,000 uh, on where that money has been spent. And I, I know you provided something, but it, it didn't say what it was spent on, where it was spent. It didn't say if it was spent in the neighborhoods. It, it didn't answer any of the questions. Well, for, the, for that amount, of, I wasn't there at that time, but for the neighborhood cultural fund that you're talking about for that, those funds, the way my accounting books are, it shows the vendor. It doesn't really tell me what neighborhood, so I couldn't give you that level of detail because I, I don't have it. But it, does, it doesn't even show you what was done. You would have, whoever did the project or was running that project at that time would have to know that tracking. I wasn't there during that time. Right, right. but what I'm saying as, as a council, if we wanted to look back and say, the 500,000 that was earmarked to the city of Method for these purposes, did, did they go to these purposes and what was actually done? You can't find that out. So, that's, but that is how it, you are correct. That is how it's supposed to be. And that's the whole point of having a special revenue fund is to track it exactly for what you're saying so that I can go back and say, this right, is the purpose, right, this right. is why, now, this I'm, is how. Just so you know, I'm not pointing this at you, yeah. but I'm just pointing for the future that it's helpful that we have the ability to go back and say we received X number of dollars, it was earmarked for this, and we'd like to make sure it was spent on this and what was actually done. And I think moving forward, it's helpful to have those documents. And we, because we're not gonna be responsible for the allocation anymore, I think at some process, and maybe even though it's not part of the budget process, that may be an ideal time to talk about these other accounts at that time to at least bring them up. Because if we don't bring them up, 
no one's going to be the wiser. And it's important that at least there's a second set of eyes taking a look at this. Well, that's, the, that's all I want to bring Through up. the president, I'd be happy to provide the uh, city council, if city council requests an annual report on expenditures. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Council Marks. Council Morrell. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, have other cities in the surrounding community agreement, have they been through this process before and set up the, the same way, do you know? I actually attended uh, the DOR's uh, law seminar back in September, and the DOR was actually the one that suggested to do a home rule petition because the, right now the way the law is stated, it's general fund revenue. So if we didn't spend it all, it would just fall to the bottom line. So they had suggested I get a home rule petition. I'm not sure if the other communities have done it or we're the first to do it. I'm just going off of DOR's uh, recommendation. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Council Morrell. Council of Beers. Thank you, Mr. Oh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, just another quick question. Um, is this agreement in perpetuity? Or, or how long does it go for? Looking at the schedule, it goes at least 26 years. or at least that's what the payment schedule seems to me to suggest. I believe as long as they're holding the license. Yep. So I would say yes. Yep. Because um, there is not an expiration. Mm-hmm. And then um, just uh, this came to us from Mayor Burke, and I was just wondering if uh, Mayor Lungo Kern had any, if you'd discuss this with the new administration or if there's any just it's coming yeah. through. Yes, yeah. I have. Yeah. I have um, discussed it uh, with the chief of staff and the mayor, and they are in yep. support. And they're in support. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Beers. Councilor Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. Um, Councilor Beers spoke to something that was a concern of mine, which was the term of the agreement and the total dollar figure. Um, you know, at the conclusion of this agreement, it looks like it's going to be somewhere around 40 or 50 million bucks. So ultimately, if we have a community fund, payment of $125,000. All of this is a direct cash payment of $125 to a thing called the community fund, which is outlines what certain areas you can spend it on. Uh, there's a board that, that allocates that money, that awards that money for certain purposes. They've already started doing that, um, and that's what they've been using the community fund yeah. for. I mean, my concern is this, is to give blanket authority to the administration for the spending of the upwards of $50 million without council appropriation. you know, and to grant this authority for a period of time that exceeds three decades. You know, that, that's concerning to me. Um, it, if we could keep it to the one agreement that we're currently in, I'd feel much more comfortable about it, and the successor agreements would be something that, that, that we'd have to take a look at. Um, but I just think that, you know, to give blanket, blanket authority to spend $50 million without any council appropriation, as long as it falls within the the bucket, if I'm understanding this correct. Transportation hub payment means that, you know, we got $425,000 for transportation-related issues. It can be anything that we want to spend it on. Anything for transportation? Anything transportation-related, or is it outlined and specified in an agreement or subject to a plan? I mean, I look at these funds and I say, these funds are good funds to use for planning purposes. The money that we're not going to, you know, the money that we wouldn't have had otherwise without this agreement. So these are money, this is monies that we should be using for planning purposes. If we're looking about transportation, let's figure out transportation planning. You know, let's use that money to plan. Um, but to have a blanket authority for, you know, a period of time of three decades and the ability to spend $50 million without a check and balance from the council is something that does raise a red flag, in my opinion. 
I mean, the, it, there are terms and conditions. I didn't print that out. It's on their website, but there is terms and conditions to how they, the money is to be expended, and it was signed off by the mayor. That's just the way the state had created it. Um, if you'd like the paper to be amended, as far as, like you said, you don't want to open for another agreement, I'm sure. Right. Well, I mean, I just don't think it's fair to saddle future counselors with this decision that we've made. Um, I have no problem doing it with, you know, the body that's here right now, but 10 years or 15 years down the line, this decision's gonna have already been made for somebody else. And, you know, that's something that I think we might also wanna take a look at. Um, but, you know, I, I rest my case. I appreciate you for filling me in and you know, raise my concerns. Thank you, Council Knight. Councilor Pierce. And I think to Councilor Knight's point, um, you know, this is, this is a lot of money um, over a long period of time. It's not um, as much in each year, but over a long period of time it is. Was it the DOR's recommendation um, that it be not subject to the appropriation of the council or? It's DOR's recommendation to do a whole new petition to make a special revenue fund because yeah. they didn't create any legislation for us. Usually they have, yeah. whenever they do agreements like this, they usually say, oh, it's, a, you know, it's gonna be a stabilization. It's gonna be this kind of a fund like they did with our transportation network fees for Lyft. Right. You know, this is what it's gonna be. They didn't do that. Mm -hmm. So it's just gonna be. Point of information, Councilor Knight. Council Knight, one minute, please. Rideshare fees are subject to appropriation, correct? Yes, but they're yeah. also with the fund. They designated the fund yeah. that we're supposed to be. They right. didn't designate a fund. It's just general fund. Okay. So we could actually designate the fund but still keep everything subject to appropriation? Yes, but if everything isn't expended, it falls down to free cash. And then you're in violation of your agreement. So and that's then we're in why violation I, of our agreement. That's why I wanted it as a special revenue fund. Yeah. Point of information, Council Marks. So, so there's my understanding. There's already an established committee which you happen to serve on, correct? Which is for the which yes, that is correct, and that is for the community fund payment, which is only for I believe it's one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. <laughs> yep. Correct. That gets appropriated out to uh, grant applicants once a year. But that but that's every year too. So that's every year for an extended, and that's already underway. Correct. Actually. The money hasn't gone out, but the grants have been awarded as they've far been, as the listing been of who received them. And, and that committee was established by the administration, right? The previous you are administration? Correct. Yes. Right. Yes. It's the, um, it's the, whoever is the council president is on there, the mayor is on there, the vice chair of the school committee, um, uh, Neil Osborne's on there as well, and uh, there's a community representative as well, Aaron Rafferty. Right. So, so, so maybe similar to what's being done with that, we can maybe take a look and look at some of these other, like public safety and so forth, and do something similar, where it's not just a unilateral decision made by the administration, but comprised of a committee made up of maybe someone from the council and members of the community and department heads, and maybe that may be a similar approach. Because uh, I, I agree, I, I'm always one for check and balances. I agree that uh, anything that would tie the hands of future Councilors, um, I, I would not support either. I, you know, I, I, but I think that may be a, a good option um, to have this money. Maybe uh, the new administration set up uh, additional committees uh, for each of the uh, different uh, topics that were discussed. Um, and don't forget the original agreement that was signed. I believe it was signed by Mayor McGlynn Correct. back in 2014. Mm -hmm. That was, as far as I, I was on the council. I don't remember any giant community outreach 
saying, hey, community, how would you like to spend this million dollars a year for the next 50 years? That was done by the mayor when he negotiated this uh, surrounding community agreement. And it was done in a vacuum, in my opinion. And so there, there wasn't a lot of outreach then. And maybe now the time is to bring in the community and say, what would we like to see this spent on, spent? Uh, how would we like to see it spent? And, and maybe our needs have changed. And over time, they may change. And are, are we subject to this particular framework for the next 50 years? Or are we able, do we have flexibility? Maybe it's not a question for you. Maybe the administration would have flexibility where they could always go back and talk to win. Okay. Okay, so, so maybe uh, those discussions can be had. So uh, I'm in favor of doing whatever the council would like to do. If, if they want to maybe include uh, a, maybe just a two-year span in the uh, home rule petition. Uh, they're easy enough to file, mm -hmm. uh, and so that would only cover our term and uh, if we're agreeable uh, to that. You know, so uh, I'm, I'm open. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Councilor Beers, before the numerous points of information, you. you had the floor. Yes. So, Councilor Beers. Um, well, but I, I mean, I don't disagree with you, but a home rule petition isn't always an easy win. I mean, maybe we have a change in state delegation and suddenly it's not as easy to get home rule petitions through. Um, but uh, I guess just back to the question, um, you were saying that it, at the end of the year it would go to free cash. Would it be possible for us to amend this to say that it's subject to appropriation of the council and then could we send the money back to the fund for the next year or is that not allowed with the special, re special revenue funds? No, it would just stay inside. So yeah. if, let's say, we're just going to use the community fund, I guess, as an example. Let's say we didn't have anybody apply for the award yeah. for that 125 and then we got another 125, so now we have 252 award. Yeah. So it's not like they're losing. Okay. So, so if we created the special revenue fund but said we wanted the final things to be subject to the appropriation of the council, we wouldn't be in violation of the agreement? No. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Councilor Pierce. Councilor Knight. Uh, Mr. President, I'd like to make a motion to strike the words without further appropriation from section one of the home rule petition that's been proposed and replace it with subject to appropriation. Second. This would allow the flexibility to create the special revenue fund to let it exist, to allow the monies to be put into the appropriate buckets of the special revenue fund, but when that money gets spent, it comes before the council for appropriation. Uh, it wouldn't tie the hands of future councilors because any money that's being spent has to come before the council for appropriation. It allows the administration to comply with the DOI directives. I think it's a great compromise. Okay, on the motion to amend the agreement by Council Knight, seconded by Councilor Beers, Councilor Marks. So, so th this, this is a request for a home rule petition by the city administration. Correct. So this is their home rule petition. We, we can't naturally just amend their, their petition, but what we can do is request that this amendment take place. Mm -hmm. And if the, the mayor decides to make this change, then submit it back to us for a vote. So I think we just have to make sure that what we're asking is that the administration change the whole moon petition because it was initiated by the administration. Correct. So we just want to make sure it's a request to... to, to a request to amend these, this current document. Right, right. In, with the language. I, I agree with that. With the updated language by right. Council Knight. Correct. Council Cariello. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, is there a, uh, some type of uh, agreement that the casino has to uh, generate a certain amount of income 
for us to continue getting this uh, award? No. It doesn't say anything I don't believe about any kind of income. So, so this award comes in whether they make money, lose money, or whatever, correct? Correct. And if this is as long as Wynn has the license, correct? Also? Correct. Because as people know, they're not, uh, you know, the, the numbers being generated over there are not uh, anywhere what they thought they were going to be. So. Thank you. Thank you, Council Carviello. Council Knight, if I may, could you please um, clarify the uh, language to the clerk? Certainly. Thank you. I moved on. Let me find my paper. Um, it was to strike the word in section one that would say without further appropriation and replace that with subject to appropriation. Notwithstanding any provisions of Massachusetts general laws or the provisions of any general law, special or regulation to the contrary, the city of Medford, through the mayor of the city of Medford, may strike without further appropriation, replace with subject to appropriation, utilize and expend all funds received by way of the surrounding community agreement, ATEL. Thank you, Councilor Knight. On that motion, seconded by Councilor Beers. A roll call vote has been requested. Clerk Hurtabies, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Aye. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Thank you. Thank you, Councilors. On the motion of Councilor Caviello, seconded by Councilor Beers, to revert to the regular order of business. All those in favor? All those opposed? 20-009, offered by Councilor Knight. Be it resolved that the Memphis City Council move forward on the brewery ordinance. Councilor Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. Uh, again, as we um, shift gears into a new legislative session, um, I want to make sure that we keep on the forefront of our minds the brewery ordinance. Uh, this was something that we were uh, almost crossing the finish line at at one point in time. Um, we got some recommendations or requests, I guess, from a local business uh, group in the community that was supposed to report back to us sometime in November about uh, what they felt about this. Um, I don't believe that we've received anything at this point in time. We have uh, not received anything. About, I will reach out to get an update yeah, from the chair. It's been chamber. about 60 days uh, since they said that they were going to report back to us on 11-7, Mr. President, so I'm hoping that um, we can set this up for a further committee of the whole meeting and move forward on it. Thank you, Council Knight. Yes, uh, we have not received an update from the chamber. Um, I can reach out to them to uh, get an update and schedule a meeting uh, as soon as possible. This is one of the items that we need to uh, pick up from the uh, last term. Uh, Councilor Murrell. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, yeah, I just want to say that I support moving forward with this. I, I know I was with a group of people that stayed here very late uh, one July night, I believe it was, around 11 p.m., um, very excitedly speaking in favor of brewery, including at least one councillor. So I'm just excited to see this moving forward. Thank you. Council Carriel. Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. President, as we move forward on this, um, I still haven't—I still haven't seen the law that allows us to serve alcohol without food. According, according to our law that of the of, Matt, of the City of Medford, um, you can only dispense alcohol in facilities that have a common victualless license. So, and that was a vote taken by taken by the people, uh, not by this council. So, uh, I don't know when the rule has changed 
to allow alcohol to be poured without food. So again, if, uh, uh, as, as we move, move forward on this, Mr. President, uh, this needs to be clarified because this is a whole new, uh, a whole new liquor license that we, we have not, the city of Method has not approved. Councilor Carriello, would you like to amend this to get an update from the city solicitor's office? Yes, I office? would. Okay. Thank you, Councilor Carriello. Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. At uh, many of the meetings that we had regarding uh, the brewery ordinance, uh, Ali Fisk from the city administration was one of the leads from the city side, and I believe she also served as the uh, Liquor Commission's um, secretary of that commission, and she was very instrumental in getting some information for us uh, and so forth. I would ask, Mr. President, whatever meeting that we do have, that we invite members of the Liquor Commission and they may be able to also shed some light with uh, Councilor Caviello just alluded to. Um, and uh, I believe uh, we can move forward with all this information if we get it all around the, the table at the same time. Sounds good. Thank you, Councilor Marks. On the motion of Councilor Knight, seconded by Councilor Bears, as amended by Councilor Caviello and Councilor Marks. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The motion passes. <coughs> 20-010 offered by Council tonight. Be resolved that the Medford City Council hold a moment of silence in memory of Governor Council, Governor's Councilor Michael <coughs> J. Callahan, a dedicated public servant who passed on January 6, 2000, 2011, following five decades of public service to the people of Medford. And be it further resolved that this evening's council meeting be dedicated in his, in his memory. Councilor Knight. Mr. President. Oh, Mr. President, thank you very much. Uh, Michael Callahan was a lifelong Medford resident, uh, famous across the Fulton Heights area of the city, uh, particularly. Uh, grew up on Saunders Street, uh, was a paper boy in the area for a number of years. Uh, moved on to Salem Street and uh, took care of his elderly mother who was suffering from dementia for a number of years. Uh, he was a Vietnam veteran, an aide to Senators Bullock and McKenna, both who represented Medford at one portion of the time. Uh, Assistant Commissioner of Racing, Commonwealth of Massachusetts, uh, the founder and chairman of the Medford Consumer Advisory Commission. Uh, he was elected to the Governor's Council in 1998 and um, presided over the appointment of over 500 judges and clerks across the Commonwealth, Mr. President. Uh, he has 50 years of public service. He had 50 years of public service under his belt um, upon his passing, um, all during the which time he resided in the city of Medford. Um, if you go up to Wright's Pond, Mr. President, uh, you'll see a monument dedicated to Councilor Callahan, uh, or Mikey C, as we call them. And uh, legend has it that back in the early 80s when uh, development was booming in the city of Medford and condos were going up all across the city, um, there were plans to take Wright's Pond and develop Wright's Pond into a condominium complex. And Mike Callahan led the charge to save Wright's Pond. And um, back in 2014, um, fittingly, Mayor McGlynn uh, dedicated a portion of Wright's Pond uh, in Michael Callahan's memory uh, for the work they did in saving Wright's Pond and preserving it from overdevelopment. Um, Michael, like I said, was a mentor to me. I learned a lot about government and the way government works from Michael Callahan. He was someone that I spent a great deal of time with and someone that I was very uh, glad to call a friend, very lucky to have as a friend. Um, and every year since I've been elected to the council, I've brought this up uh, right around the time of his passing to commemorate the service that he's uh, provided to the people of Medford and to be sure that he's remembered. Um, so I'd ask my council colleagues to support this resolution. Thank you, Councilor Knight. Uh, on the motion of Councilor Knight, uh, if we could at this, if, at this point, if we could all 
uh, please rise for a brief moment of silence as we remember uh, Michael Callahan and dedicate this meeting tonight in his memory. Two zero zero one one offered by Council Carviello. Be it resolved that the Memphis City Council commend and congratulate Max Stevens, a member of the American Deaf Olympic team, for winning the gold medal in Italy. Be it further resolved, <laughs> be it further resolved that we invite Max and his family to the next meeting to present him with a council citation. Council Carviello. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, for those who are following, uh, Max and uh, his team. Uh, uh, went to Italy and uh, they won a gold medal. Max got, Max got two goals and uh, he was also the youngest member of the team there. Played with a lot of uh, men that were 25 and 35 years old and here's this young kid uh, playing with, with all these uh, uh, world-class uh, athletes and he, uh, he, 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 did, he did his city and his family proud and I'd like to have him come here next week uh, for a council citation. Thank you, Councilor Caviello. I uh, met Max before, a fine young man, and we will invite him to uh, a meeting uh, so we can give him a council citation. Thank On you. the motion of Council Caviello, seconded by Council Scott Pelley. All those in favor, all those opposed, the motion passes. 20-012, offered by Council Caviello, be it resolved that the Memphis City Council requests that the green bike that has been at the corner of Harvard Avenue in Mystic River Road be removed from the street. Councilor Caviello. Is this a line bike or an actual green bike? It's, 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 it's a green bike. It's a line bike. Okay. Point of information. Point of information. I'm pretty sure it's a line bike. I just drove by it last it night. It is. Okay. Yeah. I, I, wasn't <laughs> sure, I wasn't sure if it was part of the line bike program, but it was just a random green it's bike. Uh, let's put this in July if we can get it out Okay. Sounds good. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, on, the, on the motion of Councilor Caviello, seconded by Councilor Morell. All those in favor, all those opposed, the motion passes. 19-667, offered by Councilor Knight. Whereas Medford City Hall closes on Wednesday evening at 7.30 and on Friday afternoon at 12.30. And whereas the open meeting lot. On the motion of Councilor Mark, seconded by Councilor Caviello, to waive the reading. Uh, all those in favor, all those opposed? Councilor Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. Um, ultimately, what this proposal is, is it's a request to move a meeting night from Tuesday to Wednesday. Um, currently, pursuant to the open meeting law, absent weekends and holidays, you need 48 hours prior to your meeting to post. Um, because our meetings are on Tuesday, that requires the City of Medford and City Clerk to post our council meetings on Friday before the close of business at 12.30, which means that we need to, as councilors, get our resolutions to the city clerk by Friday morning at 9 a.m. Correct. 
Now, the majority of us in this community that uh, go out on the weekends, take your kids to basketball practice, go down the coffee shop, take a jog, whatever it may be, you run into a lot of people in the community. A lot of people that have requests for services, a lot of people that have questions and concerns about what's going on. Um, what ends up happening a lot of the time, Mr. President, is that those questions and concerns that arise over the weekend before the Tuesday meeting don't make it on the agenda because on Friday, we have to get everything by 9 o'clock so that the city clerk can produce the agenda by 12.30 on Friday afternoon before the close of business and before his staff leaves. Um, that coupled with the fact, it's my understanding, that because of that short time frame um, on Friday morning, the staff is in and out. It's very hectic in the clerk's office on Friday mornings to get this agenda out because of the number of items that are coming in at the 11th hour. Um, you know, if you figure that the council meets on a Tuesday night and we have a very late meeting, it goes till 11. We all wake up the next morning, go to work. We come back to the city hall for a committee of the whole meeting on a Wednesday, and that goes for a couple hours. We work until 8 o'clock. Okay, we all go home. We go to work the next day. It's already Thursday, Mr. President. Um, so it gives us very little time uh, to place items on the agenda. That coupled with the fact that during the last term, nearly one in four resolutions that were filed by councillors were filed under suspension. Um, you know, we're here talking about transparency, the need for transparent government. Um, we're putting cameras in our meeting rooms, but when one-fourth when, when one of the items that the council actually discusses aren't showing up on the agenda, are we truly being transparent? Um, and it was my thinking, Mr. President, because I know it's a problem for me sometimes to get items on the agenda based upon the short time frame we have from Tuesday to Friday morning. And then I go out into the community and I participate in community events and family events and the like, and I get inundated with questions, concerns, and calls, and we try to address those things, but sometimes they need to make their way to the agenda. And when they make their way to the agenda, they're doing so under suspension and they're not showing up on the council agenda. Um, so I thought that this might be a way that we could stem some of the under suspension resolutions that were being filed here at the council, um, allow the city clerk's office to have a little bit of breathing room, allow the council to have a little bit more time to put items on the agenda. Um, ultimately, Mr. President, I have uh, always said that I can do my homework a lot better if I know what I'm going to be studying. Um, if there's an issue that's on the agenda and I know about it, I can study it. If there's an issue that's not on the agenda that's coming up at the meeting, we're all walking in blind. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, with uh, the move of the meetings from Tuesday nights to Wednesday nights, it will allow us the opportunity to, number one, have the building, uh, have city council meetings on nights that city hall's already open late. City hall's open for business on Wednesday evening. So from a facilities standpoint, um, from a, you know, environmental standpoint, I open the building up every Tuesday night to turn the heat on for the council meetings where it's already going to be on on a Wednesday night anyway. And the fact that department heads are in the building on Wednesday nights already and will allow us an ease of scheduling if we have committees of the whole or we have um, matters that are before us here, we can get them here by request on Wednesday nights where they're already here late. Um, so from an operational and functional standpoint of government, Mr. President, I thought it made sense. Um, from the side of things where everybody talks about how, what can we do to get more people involved in the city council meetings and come into the city council chambers. City Hall is open on Wednesdays. People are here paying their tax bill, attending other meetings. Now the council meetings open too. If they're just passing by, they might want to come in and pop in and be curious and, and, and explore a little bit more about what the city council has to say here in the Alden Chambers. Um, so it's really something that I put forward. Um, for transparency purposes, Mr. President, to ensure that, um, that we as councils have ample opportunity to place things on the agenda, that the items that are being placed on the agenda are visible and not noticed to the public and to our council colleagues so that we can do our homework and come prepared to the meeting or better prepared to the meeting. I know that this isn't going to stop all in the suspension resolutions, but what it is going to do, I think, is give us a little bit of extra time to put items on the agenda to be a little bit more transparent and a little bit more open. Um, so that's where I'm coming from with it, Mr. President. You know, 
uh, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. I'm ready to come to work any night. Um, I'm just bringing this forward for the simple purpose that we file an inordinate number of resolutions under suspension. And I think with the move of the meeting from Tuesday to Wednesday will allow us an exceeding period of time for us to file resolutions and get them out there with the same 48-hour notice that's required under the open meeting law. Thank you, Councilor Knight. Councilor Scott Pelley. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Uh, well, I think that here we are, our first meeting together in a new term, and I think it's an uh, it's, it's a, it's, it's a innovative approach. And I, I've, um, since Council Knight brought this up, I've reached out to our colleagues uh, in neighboring communities. And it's not far-fetched. It's what most communities do, by the way. Um, they hold their council meetings the same evenings that the, the, the city halls are open. I think one big change that, that might have been overlooked when we changed the hours of City Hall employees is that City Hall closes at 12.30 on Fridays. So you eliminate half of a day. And it's an important day for the fact of the open meeting law and when you know, uh, information has to be disseminated. So I think that um, you, may, you bring some great points, something that I'll, I'm, I'm thinking heavily on supporting, but I, I, I could see where um, there are benefits to moving the day. Like Council Knight says, I'm ready to work any night. I, I think that it's important, but, um, you know, I think change is pretty good, too. And, uh, and you bring up some great points. And, like, again, I talked to some colleagues in neighboring communities, and they find it to see that uh, they don't have as many um, resolutions coming in uh, in, uh, in the format that we're seeing here in Method, uh, one of every four. So um, I, I think that's the transparency piece is important. And uh, uh, I applaud you for making that effort, and we'll see where the votes lie. So thank you. Thank you, Councilor Scarpelli. Councilor Beers. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, I mean, I, I hear the arguments and I, I don't discount them at all. I think there's a lot of reasons, especially from the clerk's office and the, the taxing nature that the current schedule puts on them on Fridays. I hear all of that. Um, in terms of uh, items under suspension, I think I'd be interested in what's coming up under suspension. Uh, as I'm my first meeting as a counselor, but I've watched, I've been to meetings. It doesn't seem to me that ground-shaking, earth-shattering, you know, items are coming up under suspension, so that's just something I'd like to to kind of dig into a little bit more maybe. Um, and I do think to an extent I hear the argument about being here when City Hall's open all day, um, but, you know, if we have a committee of the whole and a department head needs to be serving a resident of Medford at 6 p.m. on a Wednesday, I think that's a, you know, valid reason to maybe say let's think about this a little more as well. And then I, I hear you on community engagement, Councillor Knight, um, uh, but, you know, I've heard from some members of the community since you brought this up in the previous meeting at the end of 2019 that, uh, you know, a lot of things in the city are scheduled around the fact that this meeting is on Tuesdays. And it may not show from, um, you know, the audience here tonight, but, um, you know, on big nights, I think people are scheduling their community meetings on, you know, Wednesday, Thursday or another day because they know that if something's big, they want to come here and end up be able to be present at the council meeting or even even watch from home um, and, I, and I also think that the agenda timing it's inconvenient for the clerk's office um, and may be difficult for us to get items filed by Thursday uh, but it also gives the public and us you know most of Friday Saturday Sunday Monday and most of Tuesday to review an agenda so so there are some community engagement pieces on that side where uh, I do think that um, 
having five days to review the agenda. And if you don't catch it on Friday, you can catch it all the way on Tuesday and you might see an item. Uh, there's, there's strong value in that for the community as well. Thank you, Thank you Councilor Beers. Point of information, Councilor Knight. Mr. President, ultimately the fact of the matter is that one out of four resolutions that get filed by the council are filed under suspension. And if we're truly committed to being a transparent body, then it shouldn't be issue-based, it should be holistic. We should be transparent or we shouldn't be. It doesn't matter, oh, well, that's only a happy birthday, so we're not gonna be transparent about that. But this is a big thing. This is something I care about, so we're gonna be transparent about this. I think if we're gonna adopt the mantra of being transparent, let's do it. Um, and you know, ultimately, if we have a Friday agenda and a Saturday and a Sunday and a Monday in the Tuesday morning to review it, that's great. I'll review everything that's on the agenda. But again, the fact of the matter is, 25% of the items that come up aren't on the agenda, and you can't review something that's not on it. So that's where I'm coming from. But again, you know, Mr. President, like I said, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Um, that's my position. Thank you, Council Knight. Council Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. And I'm uh, pleased to see that uh, my colleague, uh, Council Knight, is thinking outside the box. I think this is healthy. Um, the, the thing I would say, and I think uh, Council of Beers uh, hit along uh, many of the points that I was going to bring up, but, um, you know, the uh, allowing for suspension to bring an item up is a council rule. So if the concern of this council is that council members are using the council rule to bring up something under suspension, then moving the night is secondary. If the issue is bringing stuff under suspension, let's get rid of the rule that allows us to bring stuff up under suspension. And that's discussed that issue. Because I agree with uh, Council of Beers. I would say out of the 22% that uh, is part of this resolution, I'd say that 70% are condolences, potholes, and to fix a sidewalk that come up uh, in our interaction uh, between weekends and the next council meeting. And so uh, I, I agree. I don't think there's any pressing issues that I've seen over the years uh, that have come up under suspension. I find it helpful to have that ability. Um, I've always been transparent in government, uh, and I'm not concerned about where I stand with transparency. Um, I, I think we have to remember, too, that uh, you know, when people get an agenda, we may know what's on the agenda. We may, have, we may have quick access as a council to documents, but the general public doesn't have that quick access. And we're limiting the amount of time that someone from the public can get access to documents and do their research. It's not just the council that research, it's member, uh, members of the general public. And we're cutting in half the amount of time that we're giving people in the public to look at the agenda and research it. And also to get, which we may not consider, childcare. So if the agenda comes out on a Monday and you say, geez, I'd like to get up there on Wednesday, it doesn't give you a lot of time to, to put your ducks in line to be able to get the ability to be there. And I think having the extra few days gives you the ability to look at the agenda, gives you the ability to do the research, gives you the ability to get the childcare they may need. And to me, it, it's been working that way. I don't see a real issue with uh, the transparency issue uh, regarding what's offered under suspension. Uh, I would be very mindful that if we want to keep part of the people in this process. Remember, there's a lot of people that watch this uh, meeting to get their news on what's happening in the community. There's a lot of people that count on the Tuesday night meeting. This meeting, uh, from what I've been told by historians in this city, 
has been run on a Tuesday night since 1948. Now, that's not a reason to keep it, right, to, because we've always done it that way. But I think it's important that Tuesday nights have always been known that's when the council meets. Monday night, the school committee. And the fact that City Hall changed uh, their op hours of operation some eight to ten years ago and now have extended hours on a Wednesday night, um, I don't think should have any bearing on us. I've never asked or requested myself or any member of this council, a department head, to come up to this meeting, and we've never got a response saying, oh, you guys meet on a Tuesday, we get out at 4.30 on Tuesday, sorry, can't make it. Never heard that happen. So I, I don't think that's another reason to say, well, we'll have more access to department heads. I, I, I like the idea, and if the idea is transparency, maybe we have to look at suspension. If that's the big issue, suspension of the rules, then, then maybe that's eliminate uh, offering things under suspension. Uh, you know, I offer things on behalf of people in the community. They're not always things that I want to bring up. Someone may contact me last minute and say, hey, can you put this on the agenda or can you do this or that? So there's a lot of ways things find their way on the agenda. Um, maybe we can offer, um, you know, because we'll offer things that uh, the, the clerk may have uh, in his hands. So we may call the clerk and we'll get a paper in our packet of something that's under suspension. Maybe there's a way of disseminating that to uh, the distribution list that goes out uh, from the city clerk's office, right? Your distribution list has hundreds and hundreds, if not a thousand names on it, of Method residents that get the agenda. There may be some other ways of doing it rather than change tonight. I think it's admirable that the council is looking for more public input, which I look for, and looking for transparency. I'm not quite sure this provides that, this avenue. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Councilor Morrell. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, I'd like to echo a few of the points made by Councilor Marks. You know, really just that lead time because of the weekend, having that extra time to understand the agenda. A lot of times the agendas are written in a way that if you don't come to council meetings regularly, it, it can seem like a different language. So taking the time to really understand and absorb what's actually going to come before the council. Um, and I thank Councilor Marks for bringing up childcare and the coordination that needs to go into that. A lot of times women are the primary caregivers, and when you limit the planning time for childcare, you let who can actually come out and speak on an issue. Um, something that actually hasn't been mentioned is Tuesday nights, um, all the city hall staff is already home, so you have those parking spaces. Wednesday nights, if you move the meetings, then the parking lot is full, you have a contentious issue. People who maybe are waffling about coming to a meeting, they see the lots full, they leave, they don't come in. So um, that's something we have to consider. And then going back to the point of resolutions under suspension, that happens under the purview of this body. So even beyond setting a rule, it's up to the discretion of each and every counselor here. So having that discretion, deciding, you know, there is stuff that's going to be timely that you want to bring up that very night, but a lot of times it can wait to be put on the agenda. So I think that's just um, things to think about and why Tuesday might, you know, may work better historically and now and going forward. Thank you, Council Merrill. Thank you. Council Carriello. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm here to work here. Whether it be Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, I don't really, it makes no difference to me. Um, there's been a lot of... Um, well, good points made on both ends, yeah. Um, both for, for, for and against this. But, um, <clears throat> you know, the people that I've talked to around the community, uh, like Councilor Bear says, uh, Tuesday night is the night uh, that people plan around for, for council meetings. And um, I don't know if, uh, you know, um, 
I don't think we've ever requested anybody not come up here because the, the building wasn't open because uh, you know, they had to go home. So I, th I think everybody's been good with that. But <clears throat> I like having the extra time to do my research on things uh, rather than getting it done in two days. And also, as Councilor Marks mentioned, I don't, since, you know, in my eight years here, I don't think anything has come through here under suspension that was really earth-shattering. Earth so, um, I said, uh, for me, I, I, I say, I don't care what night I work, it doesn't make any difference, but um, from the residents that I've spoken to over the last couple of weeks about this, um, they've expressed to me they weren't in favor of uh, changing the night. So, I'll leave it at that. Thank you, Council Carriello. Councilor Beers. And uh, Councilor, I just want to say I do strongly applaud the goals here, and I think we all need to increase transparency and especially think outside the box. I completely agree with Councilor Morrell that if we want to change the, if we have an issue with suspension, we need to change the rules around suspension or the norms that we all share and the actions that we take as councilors around suspension. I'd also think um, might be an opportunity to have a discussion about more of the supporting materials being online, uh, potentially some sort of, maybe we could change the suspension process so that uh, we could do it over the weekend and actually get it out to the public, maybe not on the agenda. I'd have to study open meeting law to make sure that we can do that, but um, really look at digital digital ways, maybe even a council social media page to uh, to get those issues out, whether it's to a fellow counselor so that we can study it or to the public so that it's at least out there in some way. Don't know if we can, but uh, I think there's really a chance here to uh, look at a lot of different ways that we can change or adjust the procedures of the council to make sure that people um, know what's happening and can, can be involved in what we do. Thank you, Councilor Pierce. Would anybody else like to speak on the issue? Okay. On the motion of Councilor Knight to move the meetings. Okay, so on the motion of Councilor Knight to move the Medford City Council meetings from Tuesday night to Wednesday night. Second. Seconded by Councilor Scarpelli. Clerk Hurtabies. Uh, I, that's a good point. That's a good point. I am not entirely clear on that. I'd have to check. Uh, one, one minute, please. I don't, I, I don't think so either. Because I don't think it does either. <laughs> I believe this is a simple majority. Thank you, Mr. President. This was tabled from, I think, last week, and uh, I'm, I'm a little surprised that uh, such a major change to our rules uh, would be requested without at least going to the Rules Committee um, and have some discussion. Uh, so I am a little surprised that uh, it's being moved forward tonight. Mm -hmm. However, that's the under the druthers of uh, uh, the person offering the resolution. But uh, I would like to say that I think at the very least it should be sent uh, for proper vetting uh, to the Rules Committee. I am not going to support it based on what I mentioned tonight. Um, if there are other options, I think they can be explored in Rule Committee, like Mr. Beers and Ms. Morell mentioned, uh, Council Morell, um, and, and that would be the proper place to vet uh, looking at other solutions maybe to this. Thank you, Councilor Marks. 
ultimately, I brought, the, uh, I brought the paper forward, Mr. President, um, at the three weeks before the close of the last session to provide ample opportunity for the new members to be involved. Um, it was my thinking that because we're starting a new session and a new term, that um, we should start it all off with, with the paper and the agenda um, and, and go from there. Um, but like I said, I'm not going to lose sleep over it one way or the other. You know what I mean? We're going to be coming here to meet one night or, or another. It's either Tuesdays or Wednesdays. It's not a real big deal. Thank you, uh, Council Knight. Um, I, I, I've also reviewed the rules. I didn't see anything. Yeah, I don't see anything in the rules either. That I, so this requires a simple majority. Uh, but I, I, if, you, if, I, if you don't mind me speaking from the chair, I would think something. This, this is a momentous vote because we're really changing. You know, and there have been great arguments made on both sides with regard to moving it and not moving it. Uh, so there have been some great arguments here. Uh, some that I didn't even think of. So parking was one of them, that, which I thought was a good point. Um, so, uh, you know, you come, in, you, come in on a Wednesday night, you come in on a Wednesday night, it is tough to find a spot. I mean, you have to go across the street. And sometimes when there's major issues being discussed, you know, Square's parking can be a challenge. Um, I would think that something like this, though, should move to committee just to, to kind of flush it out some more as to, you know, if it doesn't move to Wednesday night, Maybe we should look at suspension. Maybe we should look at the rules a little bit more and, and you know, see if there can be uh, changes made to uh, make the process more efficient. Um, you know, so I think that, you know. The chair would welcome those recommendations, Mr. President. <laughs> so, uh, actually, uh, Council Marks. I mean, I, I don't want to take the time here on the floor, but, but I, I think it's written. I thought it was a rule, and I'm not going to go through the rules. But I thought it was a rule that said there was a standing meeting Tuesdays. It used to be 7.30. We changed it back some years ago to 7 o'clock to accommodate correct. more people. So I thought it was a standing rule. If it's not a standing rule, I thought it may have been part of the charter. There has to be something that calls for the meeting of the council. Point of information, so, Mr. President. So whether it's the charter, whether it's a standing rule, it has to be written somewhere. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to take time now to discuss it's, it. But it's, written in the correct. It is. it's written in the standing rules, but the thing that we were looking up was whether or not it was a, a supermajority or a majority vote correct. to change the rules. But it's written in the rules. It's um, in Section 1. That, that we meet Tuesday nights at yeah. 7 o'clock. Yeah, it's, it's dictated stated, by the rules, not the charter. That is stated in the rules of the yeah. city council. And I, I, I was always under the impression it was a two-thirds vote to change a rule. That's not... That is not that is not a rule. It's a simple simple majority, but something a change of this magnitude, I would think, should go to a, uh, either committee the whole or subcommittee for further vetting. I, I mean that's well, we have a committee of rules, right? There, there is a rule subcommittee. A rule subcommittee. I, mean, I think that would be the appropriate body. But again, the motion on the floor, Mr. President. So there no. is a motion from Council tonight. No. Council tonight. Would you like to keep that motion as? Yeah. Okay. So on the motion of Council tonight to move the Tuesday night meeting to Wednesday nights. Seconded by? Second. Councilor Scarpelli. Starting when, Mr. President? Starting when? Second. <laughs> we amending the rules. We adopted the standing rules. We're amending the standing rules. It will be effective next week. Effective as of next week's meeting. It would about notification to the general public. What about, that, there's a lot more involved, Mr. President. It's just Barry can make a phone cha call. changing a night. If we're talking about transparency, uh, how do you change a night that's been established for 72 years and not By be transparent about changing the night and alerting the general public? Council Marks, you are correct. Uh, I, I'm prepared to vote on it, Mr. Okay. President. Thank you. On the motion of Council Knight, seconded by Councilor Scarpelli. Clerk Herdebees, please call the roll. Council Bears. 
Vice President Caraviello. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. No. Council Morell. No. Council Scarpelli. No. Excuse me. No. Okay. President Falcon. No. One in the affirmative, six in the negative. The motion fails. In the city council meetings will continue to be on Tuesday evening. <laughs> For those of you watching at home, that was applause from our camera room. Mr. President. Councillor Knight. Uh, I believe today is January 7th, 2020. Uh, under unfinished business, we do have paper 19483 establishing the other post-employment benefits trust fund, um, which is a compliance vote uh, to establish an employee benefits trust with uh, accord with the Division of Local Services from the Department of Revenue uh, was something that uh, we had discussed previously and um, <coughs> thought we adopted, but uh, it was adopted through a committee report but not a formal vote of the council. So as such, uh, we had to advertise this ordinance and go through the proper channels and it's eligible for third reading this evening and move for approval. On the motion of Councillor Knight. Uh, to approve 19-483 amendment to Article 3 of Revised Ordinance OPEB Trust, seconded by Councilor Beers. Clerk Herbie, please call the roll. Give me a quick second, please. Yes. Okay. Councilor Beers. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks? Yes. Councilor Morrell? Yes. Councilor Scarpelli? Yes. President Falco? Yes. Seven A affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes and the ordinance is adopted. On the motion of Councilor Knight, I mean Councilor Marks, seconded by Councilor Knight to uh, take papers in the hands of the clerk. All those in favor, all those opposed. <laughs> Offered by Councilor Marks. <laughs> 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 Offered by Councilor Marks and Councilor Knight be a resolve that Mark Romley be recognized for his many years of service to the city of Medford and its residents. Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, what do you say about a gentleman that served uh, the residents of this community for 36 years in the law department? Um, Mark was an outstanding city employee, an outstanding department head, um, a man of faith, a man of the law, and a true friend. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's something, Mr. President, that I think you should be very proud of. Because, as you know, in, in this, behind this reel, in, in general, uh, issues can be very contentious. And there have been a number of occasions that uh, Mr. Rumley had to come up and represent issues on behalf of the administration, on behalf of the city, that uh, may have been in conflict with the council or certain members of the council. And he always did it in a way, Mr. President, that I think was strictly issue. It was never personal. And that's something I respected about him. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, you could put the issue aside, whatever side you were on, shake hands, and then go on being uh, a friend. And uh, I want to congratulate him on 36 years of exemplary service uh, to this community. 
I wish him well on his retirement. I hope we'll be able to tap his vast knowledge and resource uh, that uh, he has gained over the 36 years. Uh, he started out as assistant city solicitor and worked his way into the city solicitor role. Uh, he's a, a true family man and uh, I'm proud to call him my friend. And I just want to wish him well, Mr. President. And uh, I know we dedicated this meeting, but I'd also like to dedicate this meeting uh, on behalf of uh, our friend, uh, City Solicitor Mark Rumley, and wish him and his family well, Mr. Mr. President. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Councilor Carviello. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, you know, uh, Solicitor Rumley was, he was my friend before he was a solicitor to the city. I, I knew him before I uh, was a counselor. And um, municipal law is a, it's a different kind of law than, than, than what most lawyers practice. And I think uh, Mark was one of the best at what he did. Uh, you know, I've had many conversations with him. Uh, and listen, um, I went in there for things, and uh, he told me maybe, maybe what, what, what I didn't want to hear, but he always told you the truth. And, um, and he was a straightforward guy. Again, uh, I, I see him at the church, uh, St. Raphael's Church. He uh, was a, a great deacon. And um, he's another person, uh, another icon that's been in the city for a long time uh, that'll be missed in, in this building. So I wish him well in his retirement and hope to see him around and uh, involved in something in the community. Thank you, Council Carriello. Council Knight. Mr. President, thank you very much. Um, Working in government and working in politics, I think uh, it's safe to say that you come across uh, a very diverse array of people, uh, you know, great people. Um, you meet a lot of people out in the street that are just wonderful people. You've developed uh, great, strong working relationships with certain individuals. And Mark Rumley was a person, um, when I first got involved in government back some 20 years ago, uh, was very generous with his time to me. Uh, explaining certain things to me, uh, showing me some of the ropes uh, when I was a young kid working in the Senate. Um, upon my election to the City Council, that relationship grew, and um, I'm just very lucky to be able to call Mark Rumley a friend. Um, you know, during my term as a counselor, uh, he's always been someone that I've uh, relied on for advice, for wisdom. Um, I always felt as though the opinion that he gave from a legal perspective was a legal opinion. It wasn't politically driven ever. Um, Mark Rumley really held his uh, title as a lawyer and the oath that he's taken to the law um, first, and he never compromised his integrity. Um, he's truly a man of the cloth. He's truly uh, someone that uh, I'm really grateful that I've had the opportunity to work with and to be around. And um, in government, you know, you meet some of those people. Um, there are, you're only going to meet so many working in government and working in a public life, and Mark Rumley is one of those people that, you know, I know I'm very lucky to have uh, in my corner, and I know I'm very lucky to have been able to work with him, and I wish him the best of luck in his retirement, and I hope to say, as Councillor Mark said, that this isn't the last we see of him and that there is a role for him here in City Hall in the future, whether it be uh, as a consultant or as someone that comes down and participates in government and provides us with his opinion, uh, because that's something that he's never been shy of doing, and I hope that he continues to do it, because when he did it, he made us all a better body. Um, so with that being said, Mark, congratulations, best of luck. I wish you the best in your retirement, and uh, I know you're going to enjoy it. Thank you, Councilor Knight. Councilor Morrell. 
Um, I had the uh, distinct, oh, thank you, Mr. President. I had the distinct pleasure of working uh, with Solicitor Rumley as we were trying to explore potential women's commission by ordinance, and I was always so impressed with his ability to really hear what people were asking for and come back with stuff that is, you know, just absolutely uh, perfect and by the letter of the law. And um, in lieu of really a formal training for new counselors, uh, Solicitor Rumley was very kind to uh, incoming counselor Bears and myself as far as um, giving us kind of just a, a lay of the land and, and sharing as much information as he could to, to make us um, make this job a little bit easier for us and help us be the best at this job. So I thank him for his many years of service to the city, and I'm, I'm just sad that I will not get to work with him um, in an official capacity. Thank you, Councilor Morrell. Councilor Beers. Yeah, and I think uh, very similarly, uh, you know, haven't had the chance to be behind the rail and have him on the other side and uh, see what that looks like from this side. Um, but. I was lucky enough to attend uh, Councillor Rumney, Rumley's uh, uh, goodbye party, hour-long speech by Mark. <laughs> um, but it was actually really great, especially to, to, to be able to hear um, um, Mark talk about those debates. And, and you could tell it was issue-based because he was able to be congenial. And the person on the other side of that argument was in the room, and they were laughing about it together. And I think that goes to show that, you know, he, he would say that he won, and that's why it was fine, but um, I think it just goes to show that he, he really did uh, great service to the city. Um, and I, uh, I hope that we will uh, have his help on the marijuana ordinance and many of the other things that he worked on before, that he, before he left um, that uh, maybe only he knows well enough to uh, describe and, and explain to the public. So I uh, just want to thank him as well for, for his service and hopefully see him here as a citizen and as a, as a help to our council. Thank you, Councilor Beers. Councilor Scarpelli. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. So I, I know that uh, he's a man that deserves um, uh, to say things over and over again, but I won't. I know that uh, I, too, remember our Method Municipal Law 101, I think, uh, by Professor Rumley. Uh, and uh, he, he tells you like it is, and it's, it's so impressive. And one thing I realize when you see Mark Rumley, he's a man of passion, love, and commitment to the city of Medford. That's one thing you realize. No matter if you think he's right, if he, right or wrong, he's always about what's right for Medford, and he stands by that. So um, it is sad to see him go. I think that uh, uh, I, too, hope that our uh, mayor finds a place for him where he could share his wealth of knowledge. I know that his uh, passion and love for his friends and colleagues here at the in City Hall, I, uh, the way he speaks of people and uh, members of this community like Mr. Lee, his best friend, and um, what he gave to this community. I think Mark Rumley is, um, he probably won't, won't um, concur with this, but you speak in the same breath of Mr. Lee and Mr. Rumley, and uh, I think it's something that we'll miss. So uh, I too want to wish him luck, and uh, uh, he's also a man that, um, really wants, in, wants to share his, uh, his beliefs and his support when times are down. Um, at times in my life, uh, as a coach or a municipal worker, um, we've hit bumps in the road, and Mark would be the first person to call you and just lend his, his support and his wisdom. So, and I'll never forget that. I think that uh, he's always, you know, he's been a friend when he's reached out and uh, helped us in times of our confusion and need, so I appreciate that. So, thank you. 
Thank you, Council Scott Pelly. Um, and if I, if I may add, I mean, I've only been on the council for four years, and uh, I knew Mark previously to coming on to the council, but um, I remember when George and I sat with him for our, uh, you know, Law 101. Um, it, it, was, it was extremely valuable. Um, you know, I still have the notes that I refer to today in my notebook, and I take them with me all the time. Um, you know, Mark is one of those um, uh, special people that he's someone who's truly, truly dedicated to this year, I mean, to this city. Uh, anyone that puts 36 years into one thing, I mean, to find that commitment, especially today, is really unheard of. And he's someone that was committed to the city, uh, committed to the process, committed to the law. I mean, he was someone that um, it's just, you, you don't find too many people like him. And uh, uh, it's, 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 it was an honor and a privilege to work with him, to learn from him, to call him a friend. Um, I do hope that he's still involved and that he can help us through uh, some of the issues that we're going to be working with, uh, working on in the upcoming year, um, because I think he will be extremely valuable. Uh, I think he still has a lot to give, and uh, uh, I, hope he's, uh, I hope he's there to help us. And uh, I thank Councilor Marks and Councilor uh, Knight for bringing this resolution forward. Um, he's someone that, you know, thank God he still lives here in Medford. I think, uh, you know, he's going to be involved, and we will see him on a regular basis. But um, uh, it, it was an honor and privilege to work with him. And uh, I thank him for all of his years, uh, his continuous commitment to this community, and uh, if there's one guy who absolutely loves Medford, it's him. And uh, I, so, to Mark Romley, if you're watching tonight, thank you for everything. Um, so, on the motion of Council Marks, Ian Council Knight. Uh, all those in favor, all those opposed, the motion passes. Offered by Council of Beers. Be resolved that the Medford City Council congratulate the Honorable Sumbul Siddiqui on her election as Mayor of Cambridge and becoming the first Muslim mayor in the history of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Councillor Beers. Thank you, Mr. President. Yes, I think our near neighbors in Cambridge uh, had a historic day yesterday. Um, they have a Plan E form of government, so they elected their mayor yesterday. Um, but uh, the uh, Sambul Siddiqui, uh, I've been really happy to work with her a lot um, uh, in her role as a councillor and my role as a private citizen and advocate around uh, regional work on pilot payment in lieu of taxes. Obviously, they have Harvard and MIT, so they're getting a little bit more than we are. Um, but uh, it's still a regional issue. Uh, Nonprofits need to be paying their fair share and supporting the community. Um, she emigrated here with her parents from Pakistan at age two, grew up in public housing towers, and I think her story really shows that government is for everyone um, and that really leading us into this new century, new millennium, new decade, whatever we want to call it, uh, I think we should congratulate her on uh, becoming the first Muslim mayor in the history of the Commonwealth. Thank you, Councilor Beers. On the motion of Councilor Beers, seconded by Councilor Scarpelli. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The motion passes. I apologize. Councilor Morell, I missed your button. I apologize. I just wanted to echo Councilor Bears. Um, representation is so important in politics, and I think you know, just showing that politics is for everyone. Everyone deserves a voice. Um, and also, I believe the new mayor is perhaps the fifth um, woman mayor in the city. So also count it as one more crack in that glass ceiling. So, thank you. Uh, well, we're under suspension, Councilor uh, Scarpelli. I know we have a community member that would like to speak. I think he's uh, a, a historian, a new town his, city historian. And uh, hmm. 
Chris Donovan. Uh, please have your name and address for the record. Chris Donovan, Four Lorraine Road. Uh, although I come in with a, a, um, a history books from uh, uh, Joe McGonigal, I'm here to talk about 551 Winthrop Street, but I did have um, uh, the, the pleasure to see Joe McGonigal before he um, had to move out of the city for health reasons, and he wanted everyone to know how much he loved Medford, and he gave me some um, knickknacks and things about Medford that he was so proud of, so he gave me multiple copies, so I just thought you'd have a couple copies for yourself between um, the Lawrence Light Guard and the 20, 250, uh, uh, the Bicentennial um, uh, Program, Sylvania. So as, as part of a historic Medford um, initiative that I'm trying to sort of promote uh, with signage, with lighting, with, with um, reinvigorating um, um, some of the stories about some of the people in Medford. We're really kind of excited maybe in the future to bring back some of the pride that we have in Medford, just like uh, Mr. Rumley, <coughs> Joe McGonigal, and Tom Condry, all great assets to our, to our community. So um, I'm just hoping to uh, give a little push for the history and the historic Medford uh, narrative. Um, and I did see a hit early about the South Street um, uh, issue, and I thank uh, Michael Marx, Councilor Marx. And first of all, thank you all for um, uh, being here and congratulate you all for, for this new session. And it's really heartwarming to see the congeniality and professionalism behind the rail. It's really, it's really wonderful with this new uh, positive attitude in, in Medford. I'm excited for it. Um, but the South Street um, uh, issue, and I know you've rehashed it, but there's five lights down there. I actually have the, the numbers for them, but probably an easy fix just to put some light bulbs in those those. Uh, uh, lighting fixtures that are down there. I actually have the lighting numbers, but I can submit them sort of later. And thank you, uh, uh, Councilor Morelli, for um, talking about the people who walk there, because I'd like to get a, a historic tourism venture going and people going to the Royal House and, and um, uh, Isaac Hall's house and uh, around Medford Square, Forest Street, our new historic district that's being sort of organized. We want walkers. We want people walking these places, and that's a really dangerous spot. And I did have a, a chance, as um, um, we've talked about the DCR not really stepping up to bat, I just took it upon myself to go down there and clean it. <laughs> I took bags and, of, of weeds and, and cleaned it up, and they're probably still there. So I called the DPW, I called the DCR, and I don't know if I got too much um, um, uh, fulfillment on that, but there's still some trash down there that I was too big to sort of haul away, but it's something that's one of our civic prides is the Mystic River, and I'm really happy to sort of try and promote that. Um, but it's really, I'm here for the 551 Winthrop Street, Winthrop Estates project that's really got me uh, concerned. And I'm not really sure, and I just heard about it's hard to get information or, or where you get information before you come to the meeting. So as a citizen, too, it's very difficult to understand where certain projects are and, and development is coming. We're happy and we're, we're excited about new development. But that project near the high school at 551 Winthrop Street, uh, called, maybe called the Winthrop State, seems to be a, a, a development in... in um, flux, uh, or it's, and I'm not sure, and you can maybe, this is why I'm here, is it four uh, housing units that's being proposed there, or 11? So four, I think, was approved, and, and we're excited about that, but now it seems like the scope may be going on for a larger project that includes a new street, and it seems very um, uh, uncomfortable to see that this project is kind of uh, developing on the go, on the fly. And to see explosions up there, I've had at least four of them that I've, I've heard, they shake our houses. They shake the houses. It's bedrock. So if we can clarify, it's blasting, not explosions. Like blasting. So make sure it's, it's called explosions of rock to separate the rock <laughs> so from the so ground. They're, they're blasting in the area. Correct, okay. correct. Thank you. And I'm and, um, maybe two blocks away, but I've heard from people, you know, five blocks away, that they feel it too. So that bedrock is all, all connected, and our foundations are at risk, and I just uncomfortable to think that 
who is taking charge of that and who's in control, who's watching it from a city's perspective for that. I know they may have a permit for that, but I'm nervous that they're trying to go beyond the scope of the project, and I'd and I just like some, some understanding of that. It doesn't have to be now, but at least if we can get some understanding from our community, what is the scope of the project now, and is there potential for them to be reaching beyond that um, ad hoc? So that's what we're nervous about, because that project, as they come up here before, and I thought we had shot it down as a recommendation of the Economic Development Board to not go after that 11 units with a, an additional street. Um, uh, so I'm not sure of the status of that, but that would go all the way back to the high school, which would entail a massive earth-moving project that will continue to blast stone, stone, not just earth-moving, but stone out, and again, who knows what multiple days, weeks of, of blasting could, could do. So I think my concern is, is it a four unit project or is it 11 unit project? Is it a working project? Or does it have some finite um, uh, definition to it? Council Knight, did you want to speak on this? For bringing the books and to please extend my regards to Mr. McGonagall and let him know I'll be reading the books. I appreciate him bringing them down, but then he kind of started going after he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he gave us the books. Um, but that's, that's what I was going to get at. Sorry to, you know. No, no, no. Worry, but Mr. There, Chris, I apologize. Um, so we do thank you for the books. As far as the, uh, that development goes, I, all that information would be in the building department. Um, you know, and if the scope of that project has changed, I'm not aware of it. I'm not sure if any of uh, the councilors are. Councilors? Well, I just, uh, I, Mr. President, I think at this point, it's, uh, maybe we should have some kind of report from either the administration or the building department where we are with this. I mean, this has been going on for, for a while, and people ask me all the time, what's going on there? And I, I, I don't know what the answer to the main was. It's going to be four, four houses. I mean, I don't, I just, uh, I, I have a concern with that, for a safety hazard, for that, for that big cliff that's up at the top there, there should be a fence up there. Uh, if, if, for, if there's any children or animals that can, that can fall off that. So I, I would ask that, uh, make this part, part of a, a, the motion that uh, either the building department or I don't know what, what department this will fall under, but come here and, and uh, address the council, uh, yeah, the building commission, and let us know where we are with that project, uh, where it's going, and because okay, this is what's it, like four years now? Three or four years now, it's been going on. So, if we can, if we could have that, if we can make make that in the, in the form of motion, I'd appreciate it. And number two, I want to thank you for the books, um, Joe McGonagall. Uh, being the senior citizen of the group here, I don't think many of these people were born in 1976 <laughs> when this happened. I, I do remember. I remember it. My, I, my wife and I, we had just got married, and I, I think that I think they had the Boston Symphony Orchestra play that year, and. Uh, they closed the whole day, and it was a it was a great great event. And like I say I don't I don't know if anybody on the council was born, uh, maybe uh, maybe maybe Council Marks, but I know Adams my is my son's age, and he wasn't born yet. But uh, I do remember it was it was a great take, and it was a really a, it was a good community thing. It was fireworks, and uh, we hope to bring that back. I hope to have to bring that Parades. back, and, uh, and you know, and you go back and you look at some of the businesses. Uh, that were, you know, the sponsors in the book here. It's just, uh, good to see, because I, you know, they say, being the oldest person there, I do remember. So nostalgic, uh, so <laughs> yeah. I guess that's something you get to be a senior citizen. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So on the motion of Councillor Carviello to receive a report. Oh, sorry. 
Don't worry. We'll get, we're we're going to get to everyone. So I'd like, I'd like on, the, on the motion of Councilor Carviello to uh, receive a report from the building department with an update. Uh, it, it, actually, if the, inspect, if the commissioner could come here and actually address us and take any questions uh, that we may have also, okay. I think it would be... Um, so if we receive a report from the building department with an update with regard to the uh, development on Withrop Street and if they could come and present, uh, building yeah. commissioner could come and present and give us a verbal update as well. On that motion, seconded Mr. by... Mr. President, if I may amend. Seconded by... I'd just like to, amend the, I'd like to amend the paper. Because of the scope of the paper, uh, the scope of the project, I believe it's a project that's going to be subject to site plan, plan review. review, number one. Number two, I think it might fall under subdivision control. Um, so those are two aspects of our Zoning Act that are governed by the Office of Community Development. Correct. So I'd like to ask that the Director of the Office of Community Development also be involved in the future discussions. Okay. So on the motion of Council Caviello, seconded by Council Morell, as amended by Council Knight, Council Morell, did you want to speak on this? I thought you were. Sure, yeah, I did. I just, I mean, I don't have any more information than anyone else. I, I live close to this. Um, okay, I live close to this ongoing, whatever it is at this point, this ongoing hole, yeah. And, and yeah, we could talk circles around this because there's a number of issues. I, do, I believe there's no sidewalk on the other side. That's the portion where there's no sidewalk on Rentha. You know, it's, it's a mess, and I don't have the answers. I don't even know what's going on, so I agree. I, I would just love to be able to, for myself, I live near there, but also as people ask, to be able to give them an answer. Thank you, Councilor Morell. Councilor Pierce. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, uh, Councilor Carvalho, you don't want to know when I was born, but um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to also say, Chris, thank you for bringing these in and send our best to the former clerk. And also, I hope we address your concerns on the, thank you on the blasting. Thank you, <laughs> Councilor Pierce. Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I, I believe the sidewalks are going to be replaced by Eversource Correct. when they get through Winthrop Street. So remember we discussed, I, I think though that might be in the works. So that's actually, a, a, yeah, that, that's actually a positive thing. Um, I, I just would caution, uh, I'm not sure who from the Office of Community Development would show up, um, but where this is actively uh, something, and the director, I believe, is the Secretary of Community Development Board, that they are very cautious about having any influence by anybody. Um, so I, I would just caution. Right, and I think I think Paul Moki, the the building commissioner who attends those meetings and is actually sits on I think the board would probably be a, a good person uh, to to give us an update. I know he attends. I don't know if he sits on that board. I know he I know he attends That's the meetings. But I just would be cautious on uh, having anyone that may be potentially be involved in a vote coming before us. I, I just want to put that out there. Okay. Th thank you. Thank you, Council Knox. So on the motion of Council Carviello, oh, Chris, someone uh, would like to speak on this issue. If we could please have your name and address for the record. Ricky Comio, 150 Middlesex Ave. Uh, on the Winthrop Street thing, before I came here tonight, my mother, who lives on 26 Barbara Lane, asked me to bring this up. That project was dormant for several months, and then all of a sudden today, they started the blasting, which sounds like explosions, and there was no notification made. So she was very concerned that, given the things going around the world, she heard four explosions that shook the house all the way on Barbara Lane. If blasting is done anywhere in the city, maybe there could be some type of notification done to people that are gonna fail it, so that they know that they're not being bombed. That's about it. 
and thanks for keeping the meetings on Tuesdays. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Cormier. Right. <laughs> uh, if I could elaborate, they did send a, a notice, just probably the closest abutters, but they got the letter on Friday at about three o'clock to okay. say they were blasting on Monday. So, and, and at the economic development meeting, I think that was the um, advisory committee to to, to approve a, the, pro, the new project that was going forward, which they denied. Uh, the comments were that they were doing this kind of ad hoc. They were kind of looking to expand this project um, uh, after they'd already been approved for four. So that's what my my reason for being here. We're all excited for development. We want that project finished. We're, we're hoping to get that beautified, but we're nervous that they're going beyond the scope of it, including this kind of blasting, which may be uh, the beginning of, of a new project that hasn't been approved. And that, that was my concern for being here today, not to squash the project at hand, but that they're not going beyond the scope of projects. So they did uh, uh, address the abutters uh, for it, but it's probably just as little as they had to do in, in 11th hour. So thank you all for um, uh, your support. Thank you. Thank you. Council Beers. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's worth uh, anything else, but uh, it might be worth at least bringing up in the meeting is uh, what are our policies around notifying abutters, especially if we're going to do blasting, which might have a larger range than more traditional the, the region that we, uh, I mean, 26 Barber Lane's close, but it's not an immediate abutter. Mm -hmm. um, might need to look at that for blasting just because we don't want people scared. And those are good questions that we can ask the uh, building commissioner when exactly. it comes to the meetings. Yep. Thank you, Councilor Beers. On the motion of Councilor Caviello, seconded by Councilor Morell, as amended by Councilor Knight. All those in favor? All those opposed? The motion passes. While we're on the suspension, if I may make a quick announcement, the next Medford Police Department community police meeting is tomorrow night, Wednesday, at Breed Hall, which is located in at Tufts University. Uh, 51 Winthrop Street, uh, and that starts at 6 p.m. Everyone, everyone and anyone is welcome, so please come on down. If you have any questions, you'll be able to address uh, the chief uh, directly and the chief of, you'll be able to address Chief Buckley, and you'll also be able to address the chief of the Tufts University Police Department as well, uh, so he will be there as well. So that's just a, a basic announcement. Tomorrow night, 6 p.m., Breed Hall, Tufts University, 51 Wentham Street. Thank you. Records, records. No. So uh, this is the clerk's favorite part of the agenda, records. <laughs> Uh, records, the public, <laughs> the records of the meeting of December 17, 2019 were passed to Council Caviello. Council Caviello, I can see you have that very thick binder of records. How did you find those records? Just for approval. On the motion of Council Caviello to approve the record, seconded by Second. Councilor Marks. All those in favor, all those opposed, the motion passes. Records are approved. On the motion of Councilor Carviello to adjourn, adjourn the meeting, seconded by Councilor Scott, uh, Councilor Beers. All those in favor, all those opposed, <laughs> meeting adjourned.